one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, especially from being chronically online. It's you can't please everyone. You're not a don't. And I just like, I looked at that. Like we, we are all sort of chronically online and chronically aware of who we are and who we're projecting ourselves to be. And at the same time, we're all still disappointed in some capacity. And I think it's just important to remember that no matter what you do or what you say, there will always be someone who disagrees with you and who just doesn't like you. Sarah Fennell, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone listening and watching, we're here with Sarah Fennell. She is the mastermind behind Brahma Bakery and Photography School, which is like an online course that she teaches where she shows people how to like take the incredible food pictures and content that she takes of all of her baked goods. And yep. it is incredible. Uh, she has amassed a following of like 800,000 Instagram followers, over a million TikTok followers, 100,000 YouTube subscribers. People just love her. They love her recipes. She's an incredibly talented baker, and we're so excited to chat with her today. Wow. How, how do I get every day to start with somebody talking about me like that? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm open for hire. I'll just okay. I'll just make a little voice memo you can listen to in the morning. There you go. Else. Yeah, it's like my morning mantra. There you go. Yeah. Did well, I miss for- anything? What else no. do you tell people no. when they ask you what you do? Well, um, I actually feel really uncomfortable when people ask what I do. I think because like adults or, you know, like boomers, um, <laughs> they don't understand it. Like I was literally, I was just at a wedding, um, for our friends and like it, it, it comes from a good place, but, um, the groom's mom was asking what I did and she didn't really get it. And like, and the first thing that people ask is, so how do you make money? And, and it's like, it comes from a good place, but, but yeah. people just don't get it. So I usually say I'm a food blogger. Um, and then people will ask, um, do I review restaurants? And I say, no, I create the recipes. Um, so food blogger is kind of like my go to, but it still doesn't like totally feel right. Like content creator doesn't feel right. Photographer doesn't feel right. Cause it's, I mean, you're just doing so many different things at all times. And your job is like yeah. shifting from literally one hour to the next. So. I, yeah. I don't really know. I haven't, I haven't no. heard a good term that encompasses it all, but when I do, I'll let you know. No, I completely get it. I feel like every time I tell my grandparents what I do, they're like, cool. So you don't really have a job. I'm like, no, no, I promise I do. No, I have a job. I have a legit yeah. job. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like people like kind of like know who I am like online. And they're yeah, just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. So I, just want to know a little bit more about what brought you here. I did a little bit of digging for this interview, clearly. And it was like so interesting, your whole story about like you went to NYU for two years then Michigan and then you started this blog like a while ago. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I will start back in high school because I feel like that's like. Yeah. Let's take it all the way back. I love it. That's really where I wanted to start. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so I, um, in high school, I was really into photography and I, um, 
I took photography all four years of high school. It was all analog photography. So doing film um, and sort of editing in a dark room. And so from that, I, I became super, super interested in photography. I love sort of the structural composition of photography, thinking about photos as this real art form. Um, and I went so far as to create a portfolio to apply to art school. Um, and when time came down to applying, I was like, oh God, I like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't understand that photography could be like a real full-time job. And I think at the time too, this was like 20 or 2008, it wasn't like being a photographer wasn't anywhere near as big of a career path as it is now. Um, so I went to NYU and I went because I got a scholarship and felt like, okay, well, so, like, I don't know. So I'm being offered something. I might as well. Um, and, and I went and I ended up majoring in anthropology. Um, and I loved sort of learning about other cultures and sort of everything that went along with that. And, and I ended up, um, basically hating my time at NYU. Um, I just felt like I had no idea what I was doing and I was really floundering. I was, I, I was younger for my age and being in New York City was overwhelming and I didn't have any money and I didn't have really like good reason for being in the city. Um, and so I basically quit or not quit, but I didn't quit school. <laughs> I basically, um, I took a semester off. And I went and I lived at home and I worked at a bakery and I was doing mostly front of house stuff, but I just found I was absolutely loving working with food. Um, and around that time, I also started my blog just as like this creative outlet. So I was able to photograph things and to be able to work with food. And it was really just like this passion project where I was able to do two of these things that I was really enjoying. Um, and so I continued my blog. Once I went back to school, I ended up transferring to University of Michigan um, and would do my blog just on the side whenever I got the chance. Um, and I was working in restaurants, um, again, doing mostly front of house stuff. But, but again, like being just around food and realizing like how much I wanted to be in the food space. Um, and eventually um, I was working at restaurants after college and I was in this situation that just was a little, I mean, a lot of restaurant cultures are pretty toxic, but it just wasn't yeah. very good for me. Um, so I quit and I basically went home and I Googled how to make money on a food blog because I saw all these people starting to do it. This was now in 2014. Um, and I had no idea how to do it myself, but I knew that it was a thing and I felt confident that, well, I mean, confident enough that I did it, but I felt confident that I could figure it out. Um, and so really my entire blog journey, I feel like in some ways differs from a lot of other people because one, I have been doing it for a while. Two, I really decided to go all in or I decided to go full time without really having any prior um, knowledge or experience or kind of like a proof of concept. Um, but at the same time, I think that not having any of those really motivated me to do more than I maybe would have had I had more of a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, so I did that in 2014 and I've been full-time ever since. So where was like the turning point of the blog? Like I I don't think you started out with a million followers, but no, maybe no, not at all. Yeah, like what was that, that succession like? 
So I think there's been three major sort of eras um, my career. Um, the first was just blogging and um, making enough money, like blogging on my actual website blog to sustain an income. So that yeah. to me, just getting to this place where I had enough page views that I was making a few thousand dollars a month on ads, um, having sponsorships uh, with companies. Um, that sort of for me was like the first like, cool, like I got it, success. I think stage two was this like entry into Instagram where I had, you know, 100,000, 200,000 followers um, and I was doing like well. Um, and that I think was really like motivation for me to start photography school to sort of teach people what I knew and what I had figured out. Um, yeah. And then I really think the third era came about like a year and a half ago when everybody or maybe two years when everybody started doing TikTok and it started becoming this like really massive way to like blow up. And I went from like 300,000 followers on Instagram to like 700 in a year. And I went from, you know, nothing to like 800,000 in a year. And so that was really just this like massive jump for me career wise. Um, and I, it's been so interesting because at every one of those stages, there's been such an evolution in what I'm doing as a food blogger, creator, like whatever. Yeah. Whatever we've decided the term is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, that's one thing that I think is so interesting about this job that you're just constantly pivoting and you're constantly sort of reinventing. And I think for some people that sounds exhausting. For me, it's exciting because I never just yeah. want to be stagnant doing the same thing for years and years on end. Yeah. So do you still enjoy it? Do you still love it? Are you happy with it? Oh my God. I love it. I like, I truly have a dream career. I get to work for myself. I am able to like have a healthy, sustained, you know, financial lifestyle. I am able to create, which is so much fun for me. And also I get so much satisfaction out of like the creating for other people and interacting with other people. Like it's, it's, it's such a unicorn career and it's so good for like my brain and my personality. It just feels yeah. like I'm, I'm just so grateful <laughs> that I can do this. No, I mean, I'm sure you I feel would think I do feel the same. There are definitely like pros and cons to this life. And I think that it definitely doesn't come without its fair share of like struggles and learning curves. But so grateful every day that I get to work for myself so grateful every day to be able to like do something good like you just share like such happy recipes they're just cozy and they make people happy like baking is like joy to me and yeah. I know like to you and what yeah. I love is like I feel like through your videos you can just see that like that is joy to you like you can tell that this is like oh, this thing changes my life, which is how I feel with food, which is why I love your videos so much. Because I'm like, oh, when I eat like a good cookie, it literally is like a transformative experience. And it's, I feel like you convey that. Yeah, like it's so funny that I think dessert especially does that for people or like like sweets. Um, And like literally last night I was eating. So we shot half of my cookbook last week and we have so many leftovers and we that had some so in the fridge. Exciting. I know. <laughs> It, it was it was such a whirlwind but I was eating some of this chocolate cake and I'm literally just sort of like 
dancing a little bit, like wiggling my body as I'm eating because it just makes you happy. And I just like, oh, I love it. Amazing. I love it. And it's so, no, it's you're, also just, it's so nice to see other people be happy too, you know? I was about to say, and I mean, that's what I love most, I feel like, about what I do is like sharing happiness and goodness with others. And that's exactly what you do through food. Like, I feel yeah. like you're just allowing people to enjoy food. And I love that you're not doing like, not that having dietary restrictions is anyone's like choice a lot of times, yeah. but like you just do like whole normal foods. Like you're using sugar, you're using butter. Have you done that like thoughtfully or has that kind of just been like, well, that's how I bake? Because like a lot of trends now would say, oh, don't do that. I know. Um, So it was a really thoughtful decision for me. So I actually struggled with a a really bad eating disorder in high school and a little bit through college. Um, And for me, keeping all of the desserts that I created full fat, full sugar, you know, like not making those substitutions was a way for me to help myself realize that food isn't scary and food doesn't have to be restrictive. Um, I think I, I will preface this with saying like, I am coming from a place where for me, I wanted to eat less food. And I know that there's so many different people with different issues around food. So I'm not speaking for everybody, but for myself, being able to eat a brownie and have it bring me joy and not feel sad about that or not feel guilty about that was so transformative. Um, and the more that I did it, the more that I realized something to be feared. And so I, I think that again, there's always going to be other people's stories and other people's reasons for, you know, what they eat, but I get a lot of satisfaction out of showing, especially younger girls on TikTok that they don't have to make a brownie with medjool dates and avocados, that they can make a brownie with chocolate and butter. Yeah. And like, they will be okay because that's what I feel like I needed. So. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. That's a good segue. So it clearly you have had a lot of life changes. You've had a lot of career changes. You've had you've gone through both mental and physical struggles. What's the best advice you've ever gotten throughout all oh my of God, this? I'm so excited. We're gonna get into some quotes. Um okay. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So so this is a a quote slash mantra, and I owe all credit to my cousins and my aunt and uncle. This is something my aunt and uncle have said to my cousins ever since they were little. I don't know where they came up with it or like, you know, if it's from them. I'm pretty sure it's just from them. Um, But it's be kind, work hard, go far. And like that just like it feels so all encompassing about how I want to approach life. So be kind, like whatever you're doing, make sure to lead with kindness. I think that's something that is so easy to forget. Um, and it's, it's really, people are, I think, really quick to like jump to ill will or ill intent. So I think just leading with kindness and really keeping that at the forefront is really important. Um, work hard. I personally feel like working hard is incredibly important for 
anyone in life. And I don't think that work hard means you have to, you know, work really hard at a nine to five. I don't think it means that you have to go and be a lawyer or, you know, financial advisor or whatever it is. Like whatever you choose to do, you scoop ice cream, but work hard and being really good at whatever you're doing, I think is really important. Um, and then go far. I think to me that encompasses always like dreaming and always thinking big and always just thinking about sort of like how you can adapt and grow and get better. Um, and I just really think it's like, it's such a trifecta. Like I just, I love be yeah. kind, work hard, go far. I love that. Do you have that like printed on your wall or something? You should. So I, I like, thought about getting a tattoo and I told my cousin and she was like well like I mean I kind of feel like it's like our family's thing and I was like okay I won't get a tattoo but I will talk now, about it because now she's gonna hear you on this podcast she's gonna be like you're stealing our family thing Sarah no I know and you know Christina it's your family's thing and once again <laughs> it's your thing but I'm gonna share oh, it with people. shout <laughs> out to Christina who has a great Christina. name twins yeah um so I love that you clearly that I mean, I would assume saw that emulated in your family or in your life somehow. Is there someone that you just feel like exemplified that and you just thought, oh, wow, like that really rings true to me because I've seen this person? Oh, this is so sappy, but like I'm going to say my husband. Like, I really feel That's like beautiful. He, like, I feel like he really exemplifies that. Like he is somebody who. I mean, he's just such a kind soul. Like he cares so much about um, the people around him. Um, but then he also is the hardest worker I know. I mean, like I could, he's a doctor and I could not do what he does. Like just mental and the physical and the emotional toll it takes. It's just wild. Um, and then the go far too. He's constantly working to better himself and to like be version of himself that he can be um and i really just think that seeing all of that in him is something that then like motivates to be that way too love you alan i love that i really love that i think that that's exactly how you should feel about your partner they should be the person who inspires you to be better and more than you are yeah. and if they're not that's not a good thing I know. And I think, too, like, I mean, I know this isn't a relationship podcast, but like talking about long term relationships, like people are naturally going to go through stages in their life when they like adapt and evolve and grow. And I think the most important thing is that you're doing that together and sort of seeing another person do that and want to do that as well. is just like such a beautiful. Absolutely. I think that is so lovely and I think that's a very good tell of a healthy relationship that you both inspire each other to be better. Do you have a worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Ooh, I love okay. it. You, you came prepared. Oh, I I, I told you. I'm like listening I, to all these episodes. I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? Um, okay, so uh, the worst piece of advice that I've ever gotten is never apologize. And this was actually given to me by a former mentor. And I remember I heard that and immediately I was just like, I don't, I, I don't feel doesn't good. Doesn't feel right. That. that doesn't feel right at all. Uh, and they were saying it in this context of, I think like, I, I don't even remember the context. It basically like me talking to someone and 
I needed help with composing an email back. And she was like, well, just never apologize. You should never say like, I'm sorry for anything. And I just remember being like, I feel the opposite. Like, I actually think that the more people can apologize and own up to things that they have done wrong or the things that they could have done better. Oh, my God. Like, we would live in such a better world. So I would say always apologize. Apologize almost too much. And Kevin, <laughs> you hear it here first, folks. That's yeah. his advice. <laughs> apologize almost too much. No, now I'm like, okay, I, no, but don't apologize for being you. That's definitely not what I'm saying. There's different but, use cases, but I understand what you're saying. And I feel like it's this very, like, that's part of that whole girl boss, like, that, movement that I feel like is kind of, like, receding, luckily, of, like, oh, you never have to say sorry. Like, just, like, go ahead you. first. Yeah, like, just ignore what everyone else says or does. And it's like, well we're kind of responsible for being like decent human beings, you know? (laughs) Oh, I totally agree. There's like, there's this other quote that um, it's too long to remember, but I, but the gist of it is that um, everybody like wants to sort of be their best version of themselves, but not enough people are willing to audit who they actually are and, and the actions that they're actually taking. And I think that sort of like auditing process is just so important to be like, no, it's it's totally fine if you believe in yourself. It's good if you believe in yourself and it's good if you have that sort of like self-loving, self-compassion. But let's also counter that with making sure that our actions are lining up with the rest of the world and that everybody feels the same way that we feel about ourselves, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I feel like we always take these ideas of like, you know, edit your life as in like removing other people or removing outside forces. And we never stop and think, oh, maybe that means changing ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's problematic. And but I, I, it's understandable. I mean, the hardest thing to do would be to look inside. But I mean, I'm not perfect at it. I don't think anyone is. But that's the last thing we want to do usually. No, I I totally agree. It is a really hard thing to do. I think one thing that I have learned throughout the last 10 years is that the more that I check myself and the more that I audit myself, the better things work out for me. So I do think that if you're approaching it from this place of like self-compassion, but also growth and like having this growth mindset, it can only lead to good if you're doing you might have to like Absolutely. wade through some stuff, but you know, yeah, you'll have in a better place on the other side. No, I completely agree. Speaking of editing your life and editing yourself, do you have a biggest lesson that you've learned from one of the hardest times in your life thus far? I would say it might not be one of the hardest times in my life, but definitely one of the biggest lessons that I have learned, especially from being chronically online um is something that again i don't think it's an actual quote but we used it as a quote in like one of our photography school emails a few years ago and it's you can't please everyone you're not a don't and i just like i loved that like so apropos i know i don't I, i think it's just so it's so true though like i think especially we are all 
whether you're doing, you know, social media is your job or not, like we, we are all sort of chronically online and chronically aware of who we are and who we're projecting ourselves to be. And at the same time, we're all still disappointed in some capacity. And I think it's just important to remember that no matter what you do or what you say, there will always be someone who disagrees with you and who just doesn't like you. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, I could go online and say, this is my dog. She is the sweetest dog in the world. And someone would be like, actually, a dog bit me. And so, like, fuck your dog. You just, like, you will never please everybody. And I think for me, that's just been so freeing to keep in mind as I walk through the online space. Like, when I get comments on things where people are mad that there's a hair in the dough that I've created or upset because a recipe turned out differently for them than it did for me, just keeping that sort of at the forefront helps me to like have things roll off my back a lot more. You heard it here first, folks. There is a food blogger that shares delicious baked goods and an inspirational quote creator, and we still get hate all the time. So if you're planning on doing anything, just assume that it'll happen. I know it, you know, it will happen. And also like, I think some sometimes I also like to think of sort of like the negativity as a price of admission. So yeah, if you are going to be online in any way, you could be God and people will still have negative things to say about you. So you just have to think of it as sort of like the toll or the tax that you pay for being online. And rather than blowing it up and, and taking all of those negative pieces of feedback and treating them as true or as something that you should be considering. Just think of it as like your little toll for the day. Boom, done. And then I love that. Go away. Just and necessary it's, it's, evil, but part yeah, of the process. It sucks. That it's, you know, there, but it's gonna be there. I love that. I want to touch a little bit again on I mean, as much as you feel comfortable with, but you shared that you had struggled with an eating disorder and creating this account and like baking in general has helped you heal from that. Do you have any advice that you would give to that younger self of yours who was dealing with all those issues, clearly wasn't thinking correctly about your body or your relationship with food? What would you tell her now that you feel like you found freedom from that? I would probably, I'd probably say a few things. I would say, one, like, it will get easier. And I remember even when I was, like, in the throes of things, my mom said that to me. And even though, like, I didn't fully believe it, it really helped to hear. And it is true. Like, it will get easier. It will. Um, And I also think that I would say something along the lines of your body is not going to bring you happiness. Like you'll get to the point where you like you had a goal weight or you had a goal amount of calories that you were eating for the day and you're just going to create a new goal. Like you will not get to a point of happiness with this. It's only going to bring you down further. So just like think of it 
as something that is only going to negatively impact your life. Um, and just like realize that like, the more that you can let go, the better you're going to feel. And oh my God, so much easier said than done. Um, and then I would also say, oh my gosh, okay, there's this, the, there's this amazing, amazing quote. I'm not going to remember it, but it, it had to do with basically like soaking up life and realizing that like we are literally here on earth for such a short amount of time that how incredible is it that we get to experience all of these different things? We get to experience like this unbelievable, delicious molten chocolate cake. Don't deny yourself the ability to have those experiences and how beautiful is it that you can, you can, um, gosh, what's the word? Like you can take these experiences and you can have them like that. That is living. And like to not do that is kind of denying yourself life ish. No, that's a hundred percent accurate. Eat the cake. So not eloquent, but I'm like, no, no, it was beautiful. And it was eloquent. I completely agree. Life is, I mean, you know, you you see those quotes everywhere, like life's too short, eat the cupcake, but it's true. I know. Exactly. Yeah. You you may have, I may have regrets about eating too many cupcakes, but I never have regrets about one, maybe even two. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, it's when I go a little overboard that I start to feel like mm, that wasn't really listening to my body. Right, but right. I've never regretted a delicious cookie or a delicious piece of cake. What I have regretted is caring so much about how my body looked that I don't eat the cake or don't eat the cookie. It's been so interesting. Like we will make sometimes three, four, five different desserts in a day. And when I. Oh, my gosh doing these TikToks and literally I bring five outfits and I change in between. So like they're all happening the same day. And um and it's so interesting. It's like the more that you know that you have dessert always at the ready, the less you start to crave it. And like in this weird way for me, it's like really helped me to figure out more intuitively when I'm actually hungry and when I'm not or when I actually do want something sweet and when I don't. And it's it's helped to like yeah. bring down those intense emotional cravings. So I also like anytime somebody on my TikTok will say, can I make this with less sugar? Like, I'm always like, no, but also like, but also don't like, don't. What's the point? Yeah. And you don't have to eat the entire thing. Like, it's better to eat. I feel like my thought process is like, I'd rather eat a small amount of the good thing than a large amount of something that's not as good. Exactly. Because like, no matter what, if you're craving it, your body's going to want it anyway. And, and, and once again, I just think it's so important, like, to recognize, you know, coming from like one very privileged place where I have always been relatively, you know, I guess what people would call thin and and that. And I just want to say it again, like I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for the subset of people that I know deals with yeah. these issues. So yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Fully understand the nuances of people's brains. And yeah. some people rather have larger quantities of something that doesn't have as much sugar or doesn't have as much absolutely. fat. And that is totally fine. You have to find what works for you. I um I now just because out of my own curiosity, I need to know, but do you have a favorite recipe? Do you have like what's your go-to dessert? 
I have a we few gotta know from the queen herself. <laughs> um, okay, so I think like on an everyday, like random day, whatever, I just want a little something mm-hmm. sweet. I love a chocolate chip cookie. I just love it. Can't have anything. Um, if it's Do you always make your recipe? It's amazing. Yeah, brown, okay. brown butter chocolate chip cookies. Brown yeah, every time go look at look, <laughs> go look at it. Yeah, they're so good. Um, so good. And if it's a little more of a special occasion, um, we have this gluten free vegan chocolate cake is just unbelievable. And I am not gluten free or vegan, but what happened was I I have a chocolate cake recipe. Like I always have used. It, it's been on my blog for years. And my girlfriend years ago was her birthday and she wanted a chocolate cake, but she was vegan and gluten-free. So I made it with wax oh. eggs, which is this vegan alternative for eggs and then gluten-free flour. And I was like, Ugh, this is going to be annoying, but like whatever. And then we cut into it. and It was so moist and the gluten-free flour makes it just like the tiniest bit nutty. And so it's more Ooh. moist than a regular chocolate cake, which like, oh my God, like it's just, it's, it's delectable. So that's, that's okay. like my go-to. And sometimes I won't even tell people that it's vegan and gluten-free. I'll just put it in front of them and be like, this is the best chocolate cake ever. So, good. okay. Gonna have to try that one. That sounds incredible. So, all right. Last thing, one baking tip you would give people. If you could just like one thing you feel like people just get wrong too much of the time. Yes, 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 yes. I would say always under bake. So I think that whenever you're making um, a recipe, you, so ovens are dramatically different. Like my oven at home, I put it at 350 and the internal temperature is like 320. So ovens are always different than what they say they are. Um, And so as a result, like it doesn't matter where a recipe is coming from. Every single recipe that you make, I would always set the timer for a little bit under whatever the recipe says, because if you can just get that perfectly underbaked, chewy, gooeyness, like that's next level. And you can have an amazing, like you could have an amazing brownie recipe. And if you overbake it, it's not going to be good. It's going to be gross. So always. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip. I feel like with brownies and cookies, especially like cookies, I always think they're underbaked, but then you let them rest Baked. and they're perfect. Exactly. But so they look you're... like they're like dough when you take them out. Yes, but they should. So like the my tip with cookies is you, when you take them out, you shouldn't, like, it's okay to touch things when they come out of the oven. It's not going to burn you if you just touch the actual food. It might if you touch yeah. the um, metal, but if you just touch the side of the cookie, if very edge is hard or like set like when you touch it it doesn't um bounce or give indent but then yeah and then when you touch the top or the middle it does give a little bit that's the perfect amount got it so it's gonna it's gonna be like nice enough on the outsides and get a little bit crispy but the top you still want that sort of spongy almost texture because it's gonna continue to cook as it cools like if it's in a 350 degree oven the cookie itself is like very very warm got it so many good tips oh my gosh okay i'm gonna go bake a vegan gluten-free cake make some broma bakery chocolate chip cookies have myself a day this was lovely sarah i was so excited to talk to you i knew i would be this is amazing you had so much wisdom to share 
Tell us before you go where everyone can go to follow you, what's coming out, where we can support. Um, so if you are looking for recipes, you can go to my blog, bromabinkery.com. Every social media handle, um, so YouTube, Instagram, TikTok is just Broma Bakery. Um, and I'm coming out with this cookbook. I mean, it doesn't come out for a year. So it's a long little waiting period, but keep it on your brain and in mm-hmm. your hearts and it will it will come out soon. I'm very, very excited about it. I am too excited about that. Everyone in the meantime, go to her site, follow her on all the social channels and just get some cozy goodness into your day. Also, like there's nothing better at night than just scrolling through delicious baked goods. It's just the best feeling in the world. So do it. I concur. Thank you so much for having me. I so, so appreciate it. Oh, thank you for joining us and to all of our listeners and those watching. Thank you for tuning into The Shift. (laughs) 